Hi everyone, my name is Sharissa and I'm privileged to be able to bring you some summative thoughts on this week's lesson study. We're beginning a brand new quarter entitled Rest in Christ and I can't tell you how wonderful I think this theme is right now because we live in such a busy, fast-paced world and if there was ever a time in human history where we needed rest it is today, and we can find rest in Christ. Praise God. The lesson for this week is entitled Living in a 24-7 Society. It's lesson number one. Before I go any further, I just invite you to bow your heads wherever you are as I open with the word of prayer. Dear Lord, we just don't want to study your word without first inviting your Holy Spirit to help us to understand so please teach us and help us to find rest in Christ as we study together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The memory text is a beautiful one. It says, My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. That's Psalm 84 verse 2. And as I said before, we have so many things competing for our time and attention. There are so many things that take time, including traffic and assignments and responding to emails and medical appointments and Zoom meetings. And just there's never an end in sight to the things that can take up our time and energy. And so it's so important that you and I find rest in a busy world like this. And God knew that this would be important, which is why in the very beginning, when God created this world, before sin entered the world, and that's a very important point right there, God placed the Sabbath in the weekly cycle, and it comes to us as a gift from Eden, from the hand of God. The Bible says in Genesis 2, 1 to 3, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. This is so many things in this one passage, really. First of all, we note that God rested because he was finished. God doesn't get tired. Praise God, he doesn't. He neither slumbers nor sleeps, which is the good news for whenever you're exhausted, you can rest knowing that God's going to keep taking care of you because he doesn't need sleep. Sabbath reminds us, though, that God knows that we need rest. He knows, he made us, he knows how we function best, and he built into us a need for rest and so the sabbath comes to us not as a good idea of god's not as a suggestion but it comes to us as god's commandment and i, I actually really think it's important that we really think about how we keep the sabbath because it's a command god said remember the sabbath day to keep it holy but we should really put some thought into how we can better experience the rest that God wants us to have, not just spiritually. God wants us to put aside our mental work from the week to, to make sure we're enjoying holy time. But he wants us to have physical rest as well from this world that we live in. Because if we're not careful, we might end up running on empty. 
And there's a number of people, I think, who can relate to this. I have certainly run on empty and I hate driving and seeing that empty light come on the dashboard. It's like a national emergency every time that happens. But certainly I have experienced this exhaustion that comes from just being busy and maybe being a little bit worried about what's happening around me. And if there was one person in the Bible who could relate, it was Jeremiah's scribe and his name was Baruch. And I'm sure he would have felt like he was running on empty when his world around him was very turbulent. It was the city of Jerusalem was going through a lot of suffering. There was a lot of things going on there because the city was going to be destroyed by the Babylonians. And it's very interesting what hap- what the Bible says here. I have to read this one. Um, I know you'll unpack it more in your classes when you get together with your Bible study groups. In Jeremiah chapter 45, I'm going to start in verse 2. It says, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to you, O Baruch. And we'll just pause there and just let that sink in. Imagine receiving a personal custom-made message from God addressed to you. I think that's a really amazing thing. Comes from God himself. Verse 3, you said, woe is me now, for the Lord has added grief to my sorrow. I fainted in my sighing and I find no rest. It's very clear that As Baruch has been going through his emotional turmoil, he's been upset and he has very good reasons to feel this need for rest, to feel exhausted and worn out emotionally because there's so much going on in his world at this time. But God has assurance to give to his tired servant. And uh, again, just pausing here and just thinking about this. Baruch was burdened because he was sharing the burden of Jeremiah in the difficulties of ministry. So he understood just the pressure that was going on all the time. And hey, we live in a world where there's a great controversy and anyone engaged in any line of service for the master will feel the pressure of this battle at some point in their lives. But it's an encouragement to me to know that God is aware of everything that touches me. That as he was aware of Baruch's need and his inner cries for rest, God sees what you're going through. God knows what you're going through. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He sees the little sparrow that falls. And God has a message for us in this. And this is what he said to Baruch. He basically says, verse 4, Thus you shall say to him, This is to Baruch. Thus says the Lord, behold, what I have built, I will break down. And what I have planted, I will pluck up. That is this whole land. And do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. For behold, I will bring adversity on all flesh, says the Lord. But I will give your life to you as a prize in all places, wherever you go. God gives to Baruch the assurance that he would have his protection wherever he went. And he wanted Baruch to know that as he was experiencing pain and grief and emotional stress, that God too was experiencing the same emotions, but magnified and multiplied and intensified so much more than what he was going through. And so there was light, there was hope that God gave to Baruch, even in the midst of destruction and exile and loss. And there's a very important message for us here. And I'm sure you can think of better ways of expressing this than I am going to try to right now. But it really teaches me that whatever you might be going through, whatever I might be going through, whatever difficulty that I might encounter, I can know 
that God wants to give even to me the assurance of his presence and protection and God's promise of a future hope. Whatever you're going through, they say at the back of the book, it all ends happily ever after. At the back of the Bible, we see a world made new. We see a world where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more grief, no more heartache. God will make all things new and he wipes away every tear from our eyes. And so if you're going through something right now and uh, you just don't see that light that God gave to Baruch, remember, there is hope. It, it is coming. And we're not yet at the back of the book, but just keep looking to Jesus, keep holding on to him, and he will bring you through to that glorious, triumphant end. The Bible talks about rest in a number of different ways, and it uses different words for it. The lesson spends Tuesday's lesson all about those words in the Old Testament. The word Shabbat, it's used as both a verb to rest and a noun as the seventh day Sabbath. It's also used in a causative where we find Pharaoh was angry with Moses because Moses made the people rest or he made the people Shabbat from their labor. It's a theme. This is a theme in the Bible. There's another word though that is also used in relation to the fourth commandment and it is one that describes God resting on the Sabbath day. It's a Hebrew verb form of this word which I'm not going to try and say here on the recording but you can look it up. It's a verb this, that is translated as simply rest or settled. And it's also uh, used in reference to when in the story of Elijah and Elijah's spirit rested, the Bible says, or was settled on Elisha. Another important word is a word found in Joshua chapter 11, verse 23, which describes the land at rest from war. And it means that there was a time of peace then even in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7, here's just another example. 2 Samuel chapter 7 verse 12. Here the Bible says, When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will, be, who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. This is God's word to David. And here... God is called, uses the word rest, or the word rest is used in reference to sleep, specifically here, the sleep of death. And there's many different words used, and we see that we can rest collectively, we rest individually, it affects us on a physical, social, and emotional level, and it's not just limited to the Sabbath, but God wants us to experience rest in everything. But in particular now, as we close out on this thought, death is an enemy that, praise God, is one day going to be destroyed. Death itself will die. And so it is such a comfort to know that the Bible calls death asleep because it is a sleep. It's a rest from which Jesus, the Lord himself, will wake us up from should we go through uh, that sleep. And that is the great hope of the Bible, the blessed hope. And I look forward to that day very much. In Wednesday's lesson, we move to looking at words for rest in the New Testament. And there's not too many new meanings here. Obviously, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And Jesus says, and I will give you rest, physical rest, spirit, emotional rest, rest and peace in your soul. Another one here is used in the book of Luke chapter 23 verse 56 and it describes the Sabbath rest of the disciples 
as Jesus was resting in the sleep of death in the grave. But in particular, I'd like to draw your attention to the mention of rest in Mark chapter 6, because this is where the lesson goes. And I actually hadn't noticed this in the way the lesson brings this out until I looked at it. Mark chapter 6, verses 30 to 32. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. There's so many beautiful things about this passage, but what stood out to me as I was reading it is that Jesus didn't invite them. He instructed them. Come aside. It comes to them as a command. You need rest. This is not an option. Come and rest now. It comes as a clear instruction to a deserted place. Why does Jesus tell them to come away from their labors, considering the mission field, the harvest was plentiful and ready and there was so much that they could do because quite frankly Jesus is concerned about his disciples and their physical and emotional well-being and I'm so glad that he does this he sets for us a great example this comes to me at a really good time because I'm about to (laughs) come aside and rest for a little while too in my own personal life we're going on a bit of a holiday break here but it is so easy to be overwhelmed and busy in serving the Lord and in 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 the business of God because this is no end there truly is an endless possibility of people that you can reach out to and the work of ministry is just never really done there's never really I've done it all point it just continues on and God knows this and he doesn't want for us to be so overwhelmed and busy that we damage our health and our emotional well-being and so he instructs them this comes as a command come aside and rest we need to take time if we are in service in any line of work but particularly in the line of ministry the work of ministry is never done (laughs) there's always things you could do people you could visit things you can do in ministry we must take time to plan seasons of rest which i'm very excited about as i said i'm going on a holiday so as you think about this i'd like you to think about your local church situation your local church pastor or elders, there may be others in your church who are just, they're throwing themselves into ministry. They're doing so much for the master. What can you do to help ease their burdens, to lift their burdens, to help support them so that they are not burnt out in doing good? And one of those things that I'll just say now is something very simple. We can pray for people and we can tell them that we're praying for them because there's something powerful about uh, when you're being prayed for and people tell you that you're, they're praying for you. It can spur you on. It gives you energy and it t- takes the load off your shoulders and you feel energized just knowing that you're appreciated and supported. So in your local churches, wherever you're studying this Sabbath, why not take time to say, hey, how can we help others? How can we help our leaders in this? The lesson then moves on and talks about Cain, who the Bible describes as a restless wanderer. We know that Cain did not offer what God desired, that God was not pleased with his sacrifice. It came from a grumbling heart. And then the Bible calls Cain a restless 
wanderer. It says he would be a restless wanderer on the earth in Genesis chapter 4 verse 12. It wasn't because God made him this way, but it was simply the result of Cain's choice and disobedience. When we choose to disobey God, we have no rest. We can have no peace in the path of disobedience. And as we think about this, and I hope you spend more time on this than I am now in your classes, but when we suffer the consequences of our sins, how can we learn to accept the forgiveness that is offered to us through the cross so that we can find rest in our own souls? We, God doesn't want us to be continually going over the past, going over our sins. He wants for us to surrender them, to lay them down. Because he wants to lift our burdens and burdens are lifted at Calvary. Desire of Ages, page 362 says, In the estimation of the rabbis, it was the sum of religion to be always in a bustle of activity. They depended upon some outward performance to show their superior piety. Thus they separated their souls from God and built themselves up in self-sufficiency. The same dangers still exist. As activity increases and men become successful in doing any work for God, there is danger of trusting to human plans and methods. So true. That was my comment, by the way, <laughs> continuing the quote. There is a tendency to pray less and to have less faith. Like the disciples, we are in danger of losing sight of our dependence on God and seeking to make a savior of our activity. Wow. We need to look constantly to Jesus, realizing that it is his power which does the work. While we are to labor earnestly for the salvation of the lost, we must also take time for meditation for prayer and for the study of the word of God. Only the work accomplished with much prayer and sanctified by the merit of Christ will in the end prove to have been efficient for good. I don't know about you, but there's something very restful even in those words. That was a very great quote, a very strong quote, very direct quote. But the reminder that we need to learn to rest on God. And not take upon ourselves, you know, the success of his work, but to take upon ourselves his yoke. Because his yoke is easy, his burden is light, and he instructs for us to pace ourselves, to come aside, to take time to rest, to set boundaries on our activity and on the things of this world so that we don't burn out. Burnout's very real, especially in ministry. And so I hope that as you reflect on these themes and living in a 24-7 society, how the theme of rest in the Bible is so relevant to you and I right now, I hope that you will take time to not just think about it, but to apply the principles, the, the concepts, the ideas that God's Word brings to us and the commands that God's Word brings to us in this week's lesson to your life so that you can find rest in Christ in today's busy world. I'm going to close with prayer. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you that you are the God who brings rest to our souls. You've given us the Sabbath as that weekly reminder of not only our need for rest, but your desire for us to rest in you. And Lord, I pray for everyone who studies their lessons this week as they study your word. May they find peace in, in, in the instruction that you've given to us and May we find hope, as Baruch did, knowing that you are there, that you will take care of us, even in times of calamity when it feels like our emotional tanks are just running on empty. Lord, we don't want to be restless. 
wandering in this world as Cain was, but we want to be at rest in you. We want to have peace knowing that in you we are safe and that in you we have strength to keep facing tomorrow. So Lord, bless everyone and thank you again for being the God who brings us rest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all.